four out of five dentists are not familiar with the following podcast. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Doug Bursch, and you are listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. Now, if you are a regular listener of the show, you noticed that I haven't put up a show in a long time. Have I been on a podcast sabbatical? A podcast protest? Am I just tired? Worn out? Undone? I don't know. I just didn't feel like recording any. So today we're going to get back into that podcast seat and I'm just going to talk with you really personally about how I'm processing this very alienating time in the church, in our politics, in the world on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Good to talk with you again. I don't know how many people have been clamoring for a new fairly spiritual show, but uh, I took a little bit of a break recently, and for no particular reason except for I just stopped doing them. You know, I was doing a radio show, and so that put me on somewhat of a timeline where I had to have a new show every week, so uh, that gave me some discipline. But I stopped doing the radio show, and this is now only in a podcast form. And uh, immediately, when I no longer had a deadline, I sort of didn't make that deadline. It's hard to make deadlines that you don't have. However, I think it's probably good that I took a break. Uh, I've been doing lots of podcasts, uh, lots of shows for a long time, and I just needed a break. And it's not like uh, there's anything crazy going on in the world that might necessitate a break. But I just thought I'd do this today. Uh, This is going to be pretty boring to people. Uh, Well, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know, maybe it'll be interesting to you, but uh, it might be boring to some people who are looking for some grand topic, but I just want to talk about where I'm at right now, and maybe we can have some group counseling here. Maybe this is, as I share where I'm at, uh, you'll feel comfortable with where you're at. This is one of the struggles with social media. I've found this, that sometimes when I just share who I am, how I'm processing the world, People see it as an accusation against how they're processing the world. And that's really not my goal. My goal is to be me. And I think as a human being, as a created human being, I have the right to be able to let people know how I'm actually living, how I'm processing this world. However, that's easier said than done. uh, Because if you post how you genuinely view something, how you're genuinely processing the world, Uh, specifically, let's say, on Facebook, uh, you can have crazy things happen. People start getting mad at you and asking you to defend your your point of view, or they begin to call you a murderer. It's amazing the kind of vitriolic, angry, divisive stuff that's out there when you're just trying to let people know who you are. Now, I think in a healthy family, in a healthy community, Uh, maybe even with a healthy podcast, that ultimately everybody gets to be who they are. I say this in our family uh, to each of the kids. You know, Kaisa gets to be Kaisa, and Anna gets to be Anna, and Nathan gets to be Nathan, and Samuel gets to be Samuel, and I get to be who I am. And in healthy families, we don't want people to suppress who they are. We want to know 
who they are. Now, if you say who I am is a jerk who likes to yell at people, that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm saying that each of us get to express, this is my opinion, or this is how I feel. You might say I shouldn't feel this way, but this is how I feel. And in those feelings, it's not that these are right feelings or wrong feelings. It's just this is where I'm at. Now, with that said, I'm going to share some things with you. Uh, before the election, I sent out uh, this stream of tweets. So, hey, you get to hear some of my tweets on the podcast today. But I just did this as my own processing. Now, this was on, oh, it looks like Halloween, actually. So October 31st at 8.55 p.m., I did uh, these tweets. And I'm just going to read this to you. If you're like me, you've probably experienced some alienation in the last few years, culminating in how people are responding to this pandemic. I honestly feel like I have almost nothing in common with the discernment of some of my fellow Christians. Hard not to feel hopeless. Tweet number one. Tweet number two. I've been asking myself many questions, such as, is Christianity declining? Or was much of it even ever Christianity? I sometimes wonder if I ever really knew some of my Christian friends, or if we ever really believed some of the same foundational truths. Number three. I have somehow become a radical in the last few years, although I haven't changed any of my most sincere convictions. It just feels like the world changed around me. It's, pro it's profoundly alienating to see people I love drift towards extremism I cannot logically comprehend. Number four. Honestly, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to begin to talk with my friends who seem to embrace madness. I question how God even speaks to people when they can be so full of the Bible, yet so, so seemingly lost in polarizing, partisan, conspiratorial absurdity. Tweet number five. I'd like to be stronger, but I'm not. I'm undone, confused, sad, and disheartened. I'm also stuck, unable to know how to even maintain the bond of peace with people who rejoice in the words and actions of polarizing, angry, bullying people. Number six. I feel like I'm slowly bleeding from within. You cannot see it or know it from my outward looks and actions, but inwardly, something has cut my soul. Number seven. I truly know that I will be okay and that nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nonetheless, I just need to let others know that I am profoundly disillusioned with people and communities I thought I once knew. 8. Ultimately, I pledge my life to reconciling, peacemaking pursuits. I promise to try to live a better witness. I know there are others like me. Let's remember we are not alone. That God has grafted us into his heavenly community, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Peace. So I wrote those before the election, those words, and they seem to resonate with a lot of people. And uh, I wasn't doing that really to get likes or retweets. I was just writing about how I feel. And so that's just what I'm going to do right now. And uh, this is what I think is helpful in this. One, as I share this with some people, it might resonate with you. You might feel the same way. And with that, you won't feel so alone. But others, you might disagree strongly with what I'm about to say. And it might even offend you that I think this way. But I need you to know who I am. I believe 
that in the body of Christ, I exist and you exist. And God knows that. I exist feeling this way and thinking this way, and you exist feeling your way and thinking your way. And God knows that. And we're both part of the body of Christ. So I'm just going to share this. I'm not going to promote it on Facebook. I may tweet out a link to it on Twitter. I'm not looking for conflict with friends and family members. Uh, But this is where I'm at. I have just been so profoundly disillusioned with the Christians, the Christian church's support of Donald Trump. I wrote about this before he was elected president. I I remember I wrote a blog post about him and a couple other people, and I just said, you know, I, I just wouldn't trust him to run a single ministry in the church I serve, let alone run the government. And I know people will respond to that and say, well, you know, he's not elected to be a pastor, but a, but a politician. But I believe there are some characteristics that are supposed to be in any leader, and I've not seen those in him. A leader who doesn't apologize, a leader who is arrogant, a leader who insults people, a leader with clearly narciss- narcissistic uh, tendencies, not just tendencies, a leader who's narcissistic, I don't want them leading our country because by that definition, if someone is a narcissist, and and again, people say all politicians are narcissists, and I'd say that is a false equivalent. Yes, there's a certain amount of narcissism that goes into any leadership, even me doing a podcast and being a pastor, but we know the difference between someone who's kind of narcissistic and someone who's extremely narcissistic. And that's what I saw in uh, Donald Trump before he was president. And I saw it throughout his presidency. There was no media manipulation that made me view that. Uh, That was one of the saddest things people would say, you know, don't be swept away by mainstream media. And I'd say, I'm not swept away by anything. I just read his tweets. I just listen to him speak. As a pastor, I think I have a level of discernment. And I know what kind of person he is. And he's not to be trusted. That's how I feel. Now, I'm just not going to qualify these things because I know... Others feel differently. Now, I don't preach about these things. I don't crusade about these things. But uh, it's how I feel. You know, I would send out tweets in the last four years where I would say things like this. Uh, I don't trust leaders who are narcissistic and only care about themselves. I'd tweet something like that, and I wouldn't put a name on it. And then someone would get upset at me and say, you know, how dare you attack President Trump? I didn't even mention Trump's name in that. But that shows you that even people who support him, they understand who he is. Because they knew who I was talking about. He was the first person that came to their mind. So I have profoundly struggled with a church who supported uh, Donald Trump. Now here's the thing that really gets me, because I've heard people say this. Well, you know, he's not a moral man, but he's doing moral things. And I'm not going to argue about whether that's the case, whether he's doing moral things. But even if you believe that, Even if you believed he was an immoral man, but God was still using him, you would still need to do this. You'd need to differentiate between the moral stuff he was doing and the the immoral stuff he's doing. You'd still need to say something like this. Uh, For instance, if you were glad about his Supreme Court justice nominations, you could say this. I'm thankful that uh, President Trump has appointed these Supreme Court nominees. Uh, I am still uh, completely against his bullying his lying, his unethical behavior. You could say both. You could even say, you know, I'm voting for this person because I think God will work through them, but I need you to understand 
that I believe this behavior is wrong and that behavior is wrong. But the fact that Christians don't do that shows me that their concern doesn't seem to be about Christ at all. Or at least that's how it feels. I just don't want to put qualifiers today. If you if you listen to me enough, you know who I am. My church has Republicans and Democrats. I don't know who voted for who. I don't know where they're at, but I get to be who I am. And what I've found is Christians and far-right Christians have been so expressive that those of us who are trying not to be combative and divisive, we're quiet, right? Because we don't want to cause those conflicts and we don't want our witness to be about that. But in our silence, it makes it seem like that's just what Christians believe. So I need to speak about that. Profoundly disillusioned. Uh, In my lifetime, uh, every candidate, there's been something I've respected about them. Uh, You know, respected Mitt Romney, and he's still living a very respectful life, honestly, and uh, respected McCain, and uh, respect, you know, like uh, George Bush and George Bush Jr., like even if you'd be things like, oh, that doesn't seem very intellectually wise, you still saw people attempt to reconcile, attempt to build, you know, bridges between competing groups. Uh, I have never experienced anything like this in my lifetime, what I've experienced with President Donald Trump. This is how I felt, you know, before the election. Uh, But, of course, I am just shocked. Not shocked by Trump's behavior following the election, but shocked that not every Republican or a majority of Republicans and a majority of Christian Republicans aren't actively repudiating what uh, Donald Trump is doing right now to destabilize our nation. I'm just shocked. This is me again. I told you I was going to be who I am because I feel as if I don't know anything anymore about my Christian brothers and sisters, the people I worship with. Our, our church isn't much like that, but I, you know, people have even left our church because of political things in the last few years, or excuse me, the last few months, or they've left our church because everything has been made an extremely partisan political issue. And when I don't align with that madness, I'm seen as somehow less than a pastor, or our church is somehow less than the church of Christ. I can't put all these arguments in a coherent manner. I'm sorry if I don't finish all my thoughts, but I've just been disillusioned and undone. When I look at the state of Christian witness when it comes to politics, I don't feel like we have a witness. Not really. I mean, sometimes I've thought, you know, we would elect Satan if he appointed the right Supreme Court justices. And people go, oh, that's extreme. I go, I don't know. That's kind of what these arguments are. I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand, I don't understand the conspiracy, conspiracy theory stuff. This is me, not me exaggerating, but on Facebook, for instance, and I don't run around with some extreme far-right people. Just, there's a lot of Christians on Facebook and on my Facebook But I will get, throughout the year, some extreme internet forward that's just false. Just some ridiculous conspiracy. Just, it's a conspiracy, it's false. It'll be sent to me. I can quickly go to sites like Snopes and other sites and research it and find that there is no evidence for these conspiratorial thoughts. None whatsoever. And uh, then I will post something like, you know, please don't send this to me. That's false. And... 99.9% of the time, those are sent to me by Christians. Uh, 
again and again and again. Christians just forwarding falsehoods. That's why I really have a tough time even looking at Facebook. Just forwarding just complete propaganda and falsehood. Just reporting stuff that is basically from troll farms in Russia. It's just beyond anything I could ever have imagined. And I'll see them like, I think there's some integrity to my life. I've been pastoring 22 years. There's integrity to my marriage, to my family. And I'll see them take the side of men and women with no integrity and just take their word over mine, take their perspective over mine. They're led by what Tucker Carlson says about how they should operate in the world. And it just blows me away. I, I can't fathom it. You know, to add to that, we have what's going on with COVID and how churches have treated mask wearing and gathering. And, and I'm undone by that. Again, I just want you to know where I'm at because I think some people are like this and I want you to know you're not alone. And if others disagree with me, I just want you to know that I exist and this is where I'm at. I have been just embarrassed by the witness of the Christian church. Our selfishness. I know I shouldn't say it that way, but I, that's what it seems like to me. It just seems like profound selfishness. Meeting without masks, going against orders for the protection and the safety of our citizens because you believe it's your constitutional right to make people sick. I, don't, I just can't even understand it. It's just overwhelming to me. To me, Christians should be leading the charge. Like, our church, before there were any mandates, stopped meeting. We did it because we believed that we're supposed to spread light and life, that we serve the medical professionals around us, and that we know it's really not essential that we meet through a pandemic. We can meet through online. We can call each other. We can do videos. Uh, God is greater than a pandemic. Uh, we don't have to meet. And if we met and caused sickness and death to occur in our congregation or in the congregation of our community, then we don't have a good witness. We have a terrible witness. We have an anti-Christ witness, a, a witness of death. And so I just assumed naively that the church would lead the charge. But as you know, it became a political issue where Republicans uh, pushed against mask wearing and progressives and Democrats pushed for mask wearing. And that's just madness to me. I know some of you, you're, you're not in that category. You're in the middle where I'm at. And you're like, how did, how did that happen? And uh, I'm at the point, like, there's pastor gatherings. I don't even know if I can go to those anymore. Because I don't know if I want to be associated with people who are spreading death. That's how I feel. Now, am I going to go? Probably. And I'm going to try my best to connect. But I don't even know where to begin. I just don't know where to begin. And that's impacted us. Like, even if you disagreed with... There's nothing that benefits my church. Our church has not met. We're going to start meeting and then the, 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 basically all the COVID rates have gone up because of these other people who aren't doing what we're supposed to do. So we didn't go back to meeting. So we haven't met. And, and I've had people leave our church and be disconnected and go other places, you know, quote unquote, led by God, because those places are meeting and they are gathering. They don't care about wearing masks and they're saying these foolish things like God will just provide. You know what? I've pastored 22 years. 
Christians who love the Lord die of cancer, and people who hate the Lord die of cancer. And Christians die of COVID, and non-Christians die of COVID. And that's just stupidity. It's just absurd to believe that somehow you're going to be immune to spreading disease or getting disease because you're a Christian and worshiping the Lord while you spread disease. <laughs> Reminds me of people who, well, I'm going to have unprotected sex, but I'll just pray that I won't get a disease, uh, you know, or someone won't get pregnant. You can pray all you want. You're still going to get someone pregnant if it's that time of the month and you're still going to catch a venereal disease if you have unprotected sex. But that's the world we live in right now, and I just didn't want to be filtered. So this is a secret, covert podcast for those of you who understand, and those of you who don't, you need to know where I'm at. Because something has happened where I haven't changed. I'm not, I didn't suddenly become a radical, but people have become so radicalized around me that now I'm an extremist for just sharing how I view the world. When it comes to race relations, that's another area that just breaks my heart. The extremism where people will not acknowledge something as simple as Black Lives Matter. And I'm not an idiot. I get it. There are extremists in the Black Lives Matter movement, but there's a difference between even the Black Lives Matter movement and my black pastor friend who just says Black Lives Matters Matter because he's in a place where he's been treated like a second-class citizen and he's tired of it. I can tell the difference between those things, and so can you, but I guess the world can't. And I see white Christians talking with such extremism about race relations. There's just something so twisted where 90% or 95% of black Americans can feel one way, and then there's a white Christian saying, no, that's not the truth. Just 95% of all black people are ignorant about the truth of racism. That in and of itself is madness. Talk about talking down to people to believe that people who've lived within their own experience, they just don't know what their experience is. I don't know how many Christians I've seen them post these extreme things and I say, well, what do your black Christian friends think about this? And their answer is they don't have black Christian friends to even answer this. Or their black Christian friends are afraid to talk to them about this because they know they're going to confront more racism. So many of these things are just simple to me. And I'm not talking about the extremes of, I get it, we can point to extremes of far right and far left. And we can point to the extreme of being moderate and indifferent. I'm just talking about it has become so polarizing. It's become so all-encompassing. This is the only way to view it. And it feels like there's no room for me to exist in certain places. And how do you bring reconcil reconciliation to people who refuse to admit that they're wrong about anything? I can't imagine someone, I can imagine someone maybe supporting the behavior of Donald Trump as he started as a president, I cannot imagine somewhere down the process a Christian going, you know what, I think I might have been wrong. I think he's kind of an unstable person. I think he's doing things that are harming our nation. And I can't imagine why people refuse to apologize and admit to their mistakes. I cannot fathom it. I am disillusioned. There's no way else to talk about it. So what is this? Is this the gripe hour? Well, one, I just wanted to bring this up. 
that I know there's some of you who you're afraid to talk about how you feel. And the fact that I'm just sharing this makes you feel like you're not alone. And I think that makes this worth it just to share this. I'm not an extreme progressive. I'm not an extreme conservative. And frankly, I'm not even extremely moderate. I'm all over the place with things. But it feels like there's no place for me in this world. And even if some of the things I said you strongly agreed with and some of the things you strongly disagreed with, that means you're in a category too that doesn't fit into this world. We have got to find a way to center our lives on Christ Jesus, on the gospel, on reconciling dialogue, on being able to not destroy people's humanity to make room for our arguments. We've got to find a way that we don't just preach nationalism. We've got to find a way to look different than the Republican or Democratic Party. Christ has to be more. God has to be more. There has to be a better way. And so right now, I'm in a place where even now as I'm doing this podcast, I'm just going to finish it kind of undone. And there's a part of me that will be nervous and think, oh, maybe I shouldn't post it because if I post it, I'm going to have people tear into me and they will tear into me. They will attack me personally. They will speak that I'm not, they'll call me a baby killer. They'll call me someone who's not a Christian. They'll, they'll question my calling. They'll question my voice. They'll question my existence. They'll dehumanize me in every way. And they're supposedly fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So for me, this season should be a season of lamenting. And I don't know what happens coming out of this election and the transition of power. And I shouldn't have to be afraid that the government is going to be, our country is going to be torn in two because we have someone unwilling to hand off power. But regardless of what comes, I must, and you must, and we must lament, get on our knees, pray and fast, and ask God to show us a better witness. We're going to have to ask for more love, not less love, and more reconciling power, not less reconciling power, and the ability to go back into those rooms we don't want to go back into, and to find a way to be in relationship with people that is transformational, but also find a way not to lie, to tell the truth. I love you guys. This is me. I exist in the body of Christ, and I believe I too have the mind of Christ. So what do we do with this? Let's pray. Could you just pray with me? Let's just pray that the Lord can show us next steps and that we don't allow the darkness around us to impede the light and life of Christ to shine in us and through us. Father God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you know us by name. I thank, thank you that you love us dearly. I pray for anyone who is in bondage that you would free them that you would show them a step towards their freedom, an ability to repent, an ability to turn, an ability to come out from the darkness or from dark groups. If there's any wicked way in any of us, I ask that you would search our hearts, know our minds, and know our ways, and you would point it out, and you would cast it out, and you'd show us how to walk in right relationship with you and with others. Help us to be reconciling agents of change in this world. In Jesus' name. Amen. One last thing, I want to let you know that I have a new book coming out in April. It's called Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us and What We Can Do About It. You can pre-order it now if you want. I'll be talking much more about it 
when we come up to the launch date, but pray for me because that book is going to be dealing with so much of these issues of why are we so divisive and devouring and polarizing online. And I'm hoping that this book will start a movement where people do things radically different in their communication online and in person. All right. Love you guys. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I'll try to get more podcasts more on a regular basis, but I make no promises. All right. See you next time. Nothing in this world